When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. All right, online bullies, you're getting what you want. It's coming down, okay? The welcome to underneath the Aggieville sign, it's coming down. Hey, 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 let me have my little moment of ego here and think that my comments on the morning show helped bring this down. We just had to throw a huge fit over a sign. <laughs> now, even though you know, I, I, I feel like I was the first to bring awareness to this, and I just I thought it looked a little bit weird. But I was okay with just having it. Whatever. It's just a sign. I think the most important part's going to be lit up in purple anyway that says Aggieville. Maybe you could change it to welcomes you like the ta- uh, like the sign on the old bridge uh, when you're coming into town from the south yes. side. Yes. Uh, you know, something like that. But it's whatever. It really is whatever. Good for everybody. That shamed whoever was in charge of putting this sign up, whoever had the idea, you're getting what you want. I don't know exactly how that all went down, but yes, the Aggieville sign is changing. Yes, thank goodness. It will just read Aggieville. Who was in charge of that? Was that the... City. It was a city call? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a cooperative thing. I had the idea of like, why can't you just, you know, put... You wouldn't obviously get to use the same part of the sign that you're taking down that says "Welcome to," but you, can't you like loop the "Welcome to" above Aggieville no. and light it all up? Just the same arch with it, just right above it. No, because of the way that the letters are connected, I think into the arch itself. I think you can make it work. Anyway, but "Welcome to" is coming down. "Welcome to," uh, I'm sorry, the game. "Welcome to," yes. Mitch Fortner, yeah. Troy Coverdale. Travion Berkland coming up at 510. Uh, going to make a show announcement I'm very excited about. Plus, 525, we're going to be joined via the phone by Roberto Pena. He is K-State first baseman who is having an all-Big 12 season. He is two home home runs away from breaking. Uh, well, actually, it's three cats to share the record of home runs in a single season. So he's one away from tying it, two away from setting the all-time record. And I think he will get it done. Plus, he is uh, in the top 10 in multiple batting categories uh, for the Big 12. And he is one of four when it comes to the stellar infield 
of that K-State defense. Uh, we'll get some Chiefs talk in there, plus, of course, the, the Bob Huggins news. We'll, of course, talk about that. But, guys, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. AEW Dynamite tonight from Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Guys, the main event is one you don't want to miss. Steel Cage Match. The Elites, Kenny Omega versus the Blackpool Combat Club's John Moxley. Steel Cage tonight, seven to nine on TBS. Also, um, you know, this caught my attention as well. I was looking at the schedule that AEW has coming up, and they, they already announced like Kansas City. They're probably not going to do that for the rest of the year. They are already in Kansas City in March. Right, wasn't able to go because I was flying out to New York City for the NCAA tournament. I'm okay with that. AEW started to do these house shows. What a house show is, is a wrestling event that's not televised. It's just for the fans. Right. There's no TV cameras. They are doing these shows in, like, the smallest towns. So, like, really? they're, they're, the next one they're going to do is some random town in Kentucky with population 7,000. I mean, we're talking barely bigger than Concordia, Kansas, that has a small college in it. And I think the venue they're going to do is holds, like, 2,000. So I was like, you know what? If they're open to doing those kind of shows for a small audience, kind of give you those like indie VFW hall type of feels to it, you know, why can't Manhattan, Kansas have an AEW show? Right. You know, it doesn't have to be Bramlage. If they want to truly keep it small venue and not do an arena that holds over 10,000, you know, I heard there's a new volleyball arena that's getting close to being done, you know? And that holds, you know, what's it, a little under 2,000 or something around 2,000? You know, why not? That'd be a really good venue, actually, for a show like that. So uh, whatever power I have to make that kind of thing happen, I'm going to do my best now to make it happen. But it also means we are now joined by Derek Young from KSIN Online, also from the Three Ma Podcast, and, of course, a co-host of mine on PowerCat Game Day during K-State football season. D.Y., uh, how many tickets are you going to need for my AEW show coming to Manhattan? Uh, you know what? I'll be your guest. <laughs> you want to be my plus one? I'll be your plus one, yep. Man, that, that, that'll get you ringside. I promise you that, bud. I, I don't know. You might get dragged in the ring if you're my plus one, so you might be careful with that. But I'll get you close. I'll get you close. Close enough they'll spit on you. How about that? I'm excited as long as Kenny Omega is there. Uh, Kenny by God Omega is going to be at a show that I'm in charge of. That's uh, I don't know about in charge of, but book as in make happen. There's no doubt about it. Kenny by God Omega is going to be there. I don't know about the steel cage. That would be sick. I've seen cage matches before. Something about the extra steel around the ring makes the people start to go berserk. All right, that's that's my way of easing into this uh, main topic here, D.Y. We heard earlier today after about – Oh, it was probably less than 48 hours of deliberation by West Virginia faculty, the big wigs there in Morgantown, about what to do with Bob Huggins after spitting out an anti-gay slur on Cincinnati radio. Um, so, you know, he's going to be, you know, his salary is going to be cut a million dollars. He's going to have to donate a million dollars to uh, the LGBTQ uh, I don't know exactly what to call him, but a club that West Virginia has. He's going to donate money to Xavier, three-game suspension, but he's not fired. What do you think about that ruling? You know what? Uh, he he made an error, and he suffered the consequences for it. And you know what? It's, here's the way I view it. 
it's up to West Virginia how much they want to punish it. We can, like, I guess, grade and assess what their punishment is at the end of the day. But if West Virginia wants to keep them, they're a public school and they have every right to do so, in my opinion. Um, that doesn't mean what he said was right. It isn't. But if they don't believe that it's a fireball offense, then at the end of the day, that, that, that's up to them. Are you are you familiar with that radio show in Cincinnati? Being a Cincinnati Reds fan, that Huggins was on that specific show. No, I, I've heard the name Bill Cunningham. I can't say that I'm a regular listener or was ever a le- regular listener of his. Uh, but I know the radio station WLW 700 is the home of the Cincinnati Reds, as you alluded to. Did Bob Huggins get special treatment? Did he get special treatment? You know what? That that that's just a hard line to answer, and I think the lines have become so blurred in the past, mm. you know, handful of years that it's probably not answerable. Because I I think we could probably pinpoint people that probably have higher celebrity status of his that have been judged and punished more than he was. And at the end of the day, he probably kept his job when some others probably wouldn't. So I don't know that, that there's a black and white answer to that question either. I know it probably sounds like I'm taking an easy way out, and maybe I am, but I just I don't know that there's a right and a wrong answer to that question. Well, I, I, I'm going to really get into this at 510, because I've, I've thought about this all day, about like, is this the right thing to do? Is it not the right thing to do? And to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of pulled in both directions, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pros and cons both of these possible ways you could make a ruling on this. But I, you know, I, I guess to give you kind of a sneak peek of what I'm going to say at 510, and that is, you know, I just hope the best comes out of him working with the LGBTQ and actually learns from and turns around his ignorance. I think that's about the best you can ask for from that standpoint. I would agree with that. And because, you know, when those, when that punishment first came out and I saw sensitivity training being a part of it, I, and I'm sure a lot of other listeners and you yourself probably, we probably roll our eyes a little bit at that. I don't know that any of us that have been around or have heard Bob Huggins, you know, a good amount believes that, sensitivity training at his age and where he is now in his life is really effective. But at the end of the day, for me, I look at it like this. Not that I know where he falls on this or how he uses that word. I can make assumptions, but I don't have any conclusions. I'm not around him every day. I don't know this. But this is the first time we've been met with something of this nature with Bob Huggins as it pertains to this particular topic because it's only the, our first known offense of his in this department. I think, you know, the more I think about it, maybe he should have a chance to redeem himself. Yeah, I mean, I again, I'm kind of pulled in both directions, but I, I'm always about forgiving people and, you know, give somebody a second chance and hopefully they just turn it around. I got to ask, where, where are you uh, calling us from today? Well, we're, I, I am on points right now, actually. What's going on on points today? Nothing, really. I'm just, you know, following the girlfriend around a little bit for a while, too. So, Are you guys doing just some shopping? Out. We were earlier, so... I yeah, thought I thought I wrapped up soon. I thought I heard glass clinking in the background, like you know he's sitting at Manhattan Brewing. 
A few beverages, you know, I wish, right? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like elite. Like I could, like, like, like a band maybe playing in the background or something. Oh, no, not yet. Uh, uh, that that'll be the last stop. Well, I'll tell you what, Dy. We'll, we'll now we'll conclude the Bob Huggins talk. Let's take a break, and when we come back, then we'll get into the K State topics, recruiting, of course. Uh, in the news, plus uh, the contract extension for Chris Kleiman. Coming up next with D.Y. on the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Travion Berkland, back with Derek Young from Case Online, who joins us from Points Avenue here in Manhattan. If you're on Points and you run into D.Y., uh, take him over to Yeehaw Country Outfielders and buy him a, a button-up or a, a pearl snap. How about, how, how about a pearl snap? We'll, we'll go fancy. D.Y. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go for it. No, go ahead. No, you know what? I said, if you buy me that, I'll wear it one day. I was thinking more the boots that the basketball team had. Yeah, I, would rock, I would rock a cowboy hat before boots. <laughs> Cowboy DY, I think you would. I think if I were to pick one thing for you, boots, hat, or the shirt, I think the hat would fit you best. I don't. The shirt just the boots really don't seem like you. The shirt is a bit of a stretch. I can see DY being outgoing enough to wear the hat. Is that fair? No, that, that's totally fair. You know, I probably can't rock any of the three if we're all being honest, and I probably think we all come to that same conclusion. But if there's something that Maybe I could pull off it's that. I had a friend in college that uh, was pretty good with the ladies. Uh, very handsome guy, tall guy. And he always wore a pearl snap when we would go out. I'm like, man, I think that's what's missing. I need a pearl snap. So I caught a pearl snap and it didn't help. I just looked maybe a little bit nicer for Concordia, Kansas. A little bit more fit in, I guess. Uh, okay, let's jump into, uh, let's jump into recruiting here. I- I've noticed you and others in our group chat bringing up this Trilly Donovan guy, some burner account for somebody. And I noticed today Ray J. Dennis and, and Damian Collins. Dennis was the MAC player of the year at Toledo. Collins, uh, a Ford, uh, who played here and there for Kentucky, pretty much played every game, just a few minutes a game. He played three against the Cats in the NCAA tournament, did not record a stat, said that these guys are going to be visiting a school in the Big 12 next week. D.Y., I need your inside info. Is it going to be K-State? You know, for Damian Collins, I'm not thinking so. Uh, maybe at one point that was the intention, maybe in the plan. But it, it wouldn't shock me if we see Ray J. Dennis, the MAC player of the year, on the Kansas State campus in short order. Listen, I, I, I get the strategy. You lose to a mid-major Elite Eight game NCAA tournament. We've seen the Cats do it now three times in the last 13 years. Well, the way you break that trend is you just get the all-star team from the mid-majors, bring them onto your team, and you're good to go. Isn't that how it works? Yeah, it might be, right? They tried Max Eastness at Oral Roberts. They did land Tyler Perry from, from North Texas. And, you know, not too long ago, let's remember, Marquise Noel came from Arkansas Little Rock. Well, that's right. He sure did. And, and you know, Ray J. Dennis from Toledo – I mean, that's a kid that averaged, what, 18 points a game and can shoot it, and he's a 6'2 guard. Isn't that about right? That's about right, and he's probably a good fit next to Tyler Perry. You have to wonder about his defense a little bit. If you were to come on and play college basketball for Kansas State in Manhattan, 
Buddy Briggs a little bit size that Tyler Perry doesn't, and he's also a little bit of a facilitator and distributor when Tyler Perry necessarily isn't. Well, I know this team's not in a, in a huge rush right now to find the last three guys because uh, I'm I, I still, you know, with Keontae, he's been invited to the Combine. I mean, I think there's no doubt about it. He's pretty much done, I would think, with K-State. Maybe there's a slim chance. Naquan Tomlin not invited to either camp or the or the Combine. So he's, you know, coming back. And, of course, Marquise Noel invited to the G League camp. Now, uh, I, I want to – because you uh, commented on this on Twitter – uh, I think this was earlier today about Hunter Dickinson. He picked KU, and he was on a, a, a Barstool podcast, and he was very open about NIL being the main factor in his decision. He's one of the first athletes I think we've seen do that, especially from his caliber. I mean, top player in the in the, uh, in the the portal, and we're talking six figures he's probably going to get when he comes to KU. Were you a fan of him being so open about that? I was a fan of him not trying to trick him. And by that, I mean, you know, we hear all the time where, especially when it comes to the transfer portal, because I think NIL probably comes into play more so on that front. And and, you're, and we see all these interviews, whether it be on the Field of 68 podcast or elsewhere, you ask a kid, why'd you go to a certain place? We all know why he went to a certain place. It was for NIL, at least in, in some of these cases, but they don't say that. Say something else. They, they bring up the coaches or whatever. When, if all things equal, they probably would have went somewhere else. I don't like that. So what I appreciated, what I respected out of Hunter Dickinson, is he didn't try to trick it. He's like, yo, I went to KU because they were paying me more money. On the flip side, I will say what I don't like about it is technically this is not supposed to be seen as a recruiting inducement, mm-hmm. and that's an admission that it is. You, you think it is an admission? I, I I guess he didn't necessarily say it was like the KU program, the coaches. I, I, I don't know. I guess give me details on that. Go a little further with that. The reason why I would say it's an admission that it's a recruiting inducement, well, technically per the rules, it can't be. He basically just said the reason why I picked KU was because of the money. Did he not? I mean, yeah, I, I would say that's fair. I mean, the next question I was going to ask you, maybe you kind of already did in a way, is that like if you were his coach, if you're Bill Self or if it was just some other recruit and he's your player and then he goes on a podcast, and I'm sure a lot of people listen to Barstool's very popular, and right. says, yeah, I picked him because they're giving me more money than the other schools. Aren't you like, dude, you need to chill the hell out and keep that quiet? Yeah, I, I would guess that they probably wish that he would – do what every other prospect that I admonished already does and, and make up another reason why he picked KU, right? Especially since they're already, you know, under investigation or supposed to be. Why would you tempt fate at that point? Yeah, yeah, absolutely fair. Hey, D.Y., are you carrying any bags right now? No bags. Okay, I was just curious. Uh, <laughs> let, let's let's jump over to football. Uh with Chris Kleiman getting his contract extension now through eight years, he'll be making $44 million. I mean, it feels like he's now a cat for life. That's excellent news. You being our big-time recruiting guy, and obviously you, you've been following this way more than I have, I was wondering from a recruiting standpoint, if anything changes, if there's like typically a surge of 
like really positive recruiting news after like you know maybe guys in the portal now or 2024 guys see this as a positive sign of now considering k-state more you know in the sense of kansas state i imagine that there was probably a sense of stability and structure already in place there's probably going to be a short answer Typically, there is a recruiting surge, but sometimes that's associated with the coach signing an extension that maybe, you know, recruits thought could be leaning somewhere else or could potentially take another job. I'm not saying that they can't experience a recruiting surge now that we know that Chris Klein's going to sign for eight more years at Kansas State. That's through 2030. There's a little bit more reassurance and security involved and associated with that. But at the end of the day, I'm just not convinced that there was enough recruits or targets that they're kind of pursuing right this second that we're, like, worried about that, right? If, at least if I was a career, I don't know about you, Mitch. I'll ask you the question because this will probably help us address and answer it. If you're getting recruited by Kansas State even before this contract news, were you scared that Chris Kleinman was going to go anywhere? No. I, I wasn't, especially after he didn't take the Nebraska And I wasn't worried about him taking the Nebraska job at all. Like That that job did not worry me whatsoever. It just didn't seem like a Chris Kleiman move to make. But I, you know, it's, it's hard to not answer that question in a biased form, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's easy to say that right now when there's no jobs available. Yeah, I mean, this is an awkward time. I mean, Lance Leipold, I know he got his job late, but I don't think it was this late. Uh, I don't remember no. exactly when it was. Yeah, 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 right. I mean, there's. It, it is also an odd time. Is is May typically an odd time to give a contract extension? Yes, because I think even after this past season, you alluded to Lance Lightfoot. I think he got his extension what in December or January. The oh. fact the climbing the climate announcement didn't come until May. I think there was a lot more delay with that one than with others. I, I can't think, but I think there was like probably three or four other coaches. They got, they got extensions, not just Leipold. Um, and we knew Kleinman was going to get his. He just seems like the last one in a long time. D.Y., I think actually Leipold's extension came in, in November. I think I think Leipold was cutting a turkey when he agreed to extension at KU. I think it was that soon after the regular season wrapped up. They didn't even play a bowl game yet. They didn't even start bowl game practice yet uh, when he agreed to his contract extension. If I remember correctly, I believe that's the way it went down. If it was, that's the best Thanksgiving of his life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, gosh, ask any KU fan right now. That's that's the best news they've had in a long time. That Leipold is after going six wins and getting to a bowl game, getting to the uh, uh, Liberty Bowl. Yeah, that's gigantic news. I got a couple more for you. Jeez, Louise, did you just step into a tornado? Uh, apparently, right. Uh, okay, a couple more for you here. It, I, you know, I'm really into baseball right now. I kind of have a tough time keeping track of two sports at once, like all day long. But uh, with football, is there any recruiting news? Because last time we had you on, we talked about who K State might, when it comes to position, might look at to fill with the transfer portal. I'd imagine defensive back is still that. Is there any new news that we should know about? I would, I would say defensive back is still uh, a target, the main target. I think you need to look at. Maybe Southeast Missouri State, even the back Tyler and Alone is a guy that makes sense that they recently offered. Um, obviously, Kansas State has had success turning FCS transfers into really solid contributors in Manhattan. And even additionally, they've had success taking 
defensive-back transfers and sending them to the NFL. Rusty East was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams a year ago, and then we just saw Josh Hayes, you know, a couple weeks ago drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so that's a position where they can really strike. I do have to ask you one question. You say you're into baseball. I'm going to guess you mean the Batcats and not the Royals. Oh my God! I mean, Batcats all the way. I, you know, they're they're knocking on the door of an NCAA regional, and they got a series at Oklahoma State. Like I've been doing a lot of research on the Batcats the last few days because this is also, you know, their uh, potential to be in so many top ten categories for records at K State with this season. So, you know, yeah, I've been I, I'm very invested right now in K State baseball and. And just what this rest of the season has in store, because this—I mean—it's the first time in a decade. I mean, to, it may be rude to put it this way, but it's been a decade since they've been really good. <laughs> I mean, it, well, yeah, with the regional, the, yeah, and this is probably the most relevant that they've been in quite some time. I know they came close to, you know, the NCAA tournament a few times in the last five years, maybe twice, especially when they had Andrew Wicks, I think, on the mound, but. I mean, this upcoming series with Oklahoma State, I know you're probably trying to implore this to your listeners every day this week, but this is the biggest series of Pete Hughes' career in Manhattan, wouldn't you say? In Manhattan, for sure. And this is the biggest series K-State's had since Oklahoma visited in, in 2013 when the Cats won the Big 12 championship on a Friday night. There's no doubt about that, in, in my opinion. Uh, because, yeah. Because the Big 12's on the line. I mean, they're, they're two games back of West Virginia. Right, and and if we're going to be and it's a boy. Well, you have to point out it's a road series. They're playing in Stillwater, correct? Yeah, but and maybe it's already wrapped up. You could probably correct me if I'm wrong. But winning this series probably solidifies an NCAA tournament tournament appearance. Yeah, I think there's no doubt they're they're now back to back weeks. Bracketology D1 baseball has them as a three seed. Um, I, you know, I think a win, a winning a series at Oklahoma State, a team that could potentially host a regional, I mean, now you're talking two seed, and I think at that point, I think the Cats are no doubt about it. Uh, they're no doubt about it going to be in. Can they still miss it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like things, I, I think there's a, I think there's a slim chance. Like I'm feeling really good now that the Cats are are postseason bound because you know, like. D1 baseball, no, they don't have the cats on the last five in or whatever. Uh, they seem like they're very solidly into the field at this point, but I guess maybe there might be a slim chance. I'm not the biggest expert on you know like college baseball and bracketology, but that's that's my educated guess. Yeah, just don't melt down, right? Yeah, I mean you don't want to get swept, you know, especially you know in road games are very valuable when it comes to building that resume, and that's why I say they have a chance to jump to a two seed because this is just my opinion possibly jump to a two seed that's because of these games being on the road and then you have tcu who has been very good the last few years coming into town for the next weekend thursday friday saturday next weekend so i mean there's huge games up for grabs right now yeah um, man that manhattan that series in manhattan gets tcu that'll be a lot of fun if they can take care of business this weekend yeah and i mean if you know Texas Tech could help out the Cats and get a couple of victories in Morgantown this weekend, that would be gigantic. I mean, you're talking about no doubt about a sellouts uh, next weekend at Toyton Family Stadium if uh, the Bad Cats are within a game or you know tied or whatever Big Twelve opportunity. Uh, Dy, I want to wrap up with this one football, one more football question, and that is uh, the uh, DraftKings came out with their over under win totals for this upcoming season. And I know you know you like to put some money down on some horses once in a while. 
Uh, right. Would you rather take the over on Texas at nine and a half or take the over on Iowa State at five and a half? <laughs> That's a good question. It's why you're good at this. You know what? I can't, as much as I don't love this Iowa State team, I really don't. I do think trying to take Matt Campbell to win five games or less two years in a row, I don't know if I would bet against that. Like, I don't think they're going to win more, a lot more than five games, but I think I would bet on Matt Campbell making a bull and not missing it two years in a row more than I would taking Sark to essentially compete for a Big 12 championship. With that being said, it's funny because we're talking about real money here. I would still think Texas is going to be a Big 12 title contender this year. It would be hard for Sarkeesian to mess this up. Yeah, I agree. I that, that is a really tough question to answer because you know, Iowa State just lost their top three players. They're, they're going to be great defensively still. Offensively, man, there's some big old question marks. Texas, if you look, I don't know if you've done any research on this, but Texas and K-State have very similar stories heading into this upcoming season. So, all right, I hear Thank that. You. Yeah, I hear that win. I hear that win picking up. Dy, so I'm gonna let you go. Thank you for your time, and I hope to talk to you next week. Yeah. Derek Young from Case in Align, the Three Mile Podcast and Powercat Game Day, coming to us from Points Avenue. I got to be honest with you. We've done phone interviews with Dy before, and we used to get complaints. But, you know, Dy has an you know, he has a very you know inter, you know interesting voice. D- didn't used to always come over clear <laughs> when, right. he, when he would come onto the phone and people would complain once in a while that they couldn't tell what he was saying. I got to say, that might be the best phone interview we've done with D.Y. with just him coming in loud and clear despite the background noise there on Points Avenue. But I'm glad uh, old D.Y. is having a day on the town and keeping it local. Let's take a break. We got more of the game coming up next. More on Bob Huggins and uh, the uh, the judgment handed down by West Virginia coming up at 510 plus a show announcement coming up uh, as we break into the second hour of the show. Welcome back to the game. Mitch, Troy, and Trey. 537-1350 is our phone number still to come. Also, uh, around 530, we're going to hear from K-State first baseman Roberto Pena. Uh, who is having a fantastic year in his first year and potentially his only year as a Wildcat. I'm, again, I have the worst. I, I do the worst job at keeping track of everybody's eligibility. I'm glad there's smarter people out there than me to keep that all uh, organized. But I'm a big fan of Roberto Pena. That guy comes from Venezuela, uh, getting out of a country that is just not the best place to live, if you know the history, especially the recent history of Venezuela. And uh, we're going to get to know Roberto Pena, get his thoughts as well on the Batcats, hanging into this weekend series coming up at just about 5.30. Plus, number one song of the day, and Ask Us Anything, all coming up uh, in the second hour as well. Uh, Keontae Johnson has received an invite to the NBA Combine. Meanwhile, like we said yesterday, Marquise Noel has received an invite to the G League Elite Camp. 
And then Naquan Tomlin, who has also entered his name into the NBA draft process, has not been invited. Now, this doesn't really change, I think, the trajectory of what we thought would be these three guys heading into the next year. We figured Keontae Johnson would likely be a draft pick, but we're looking mostly at second round. Uh, Now, that did bring up the question, like with Keontae being projected as a second-round guy, and money-wise, when it comes to NIL, like what's the better deal? Uh, But he's already an older guy. And uh, so there's a lot of things to consider. So is um, Marquise Noel. He's 23 years old. He brought that up yesterday. But he has his foot in the door. Will he be drafted? It's kind of too early to tell. It's too early. Not sure. Honestly, not sure. I, I hope he does, and there's certainly a possibility, but just not sure. I don't think we ever heard like an official announcement that Naquan Tomlin had entered his name in the NBA draft process. And it's not the biggest deal in the world that there wasn't a big announcement about it, but I think the assumption is he is coming back. And that that is, I, I would put it at probably 90%. I might even put it more than that, that he would be coming back for next year. There was not a per se official announcement, but Coach had stated that that was being, oh, that's right. that that was being considered because he wanted to get a feel from NBA scouts as to where he could improve and the like. But I thought this is really cool that uh, also announced, actually this, I shouldn't say announced, this was in a Kellis Robinette article earlier today, that K-State men's hoops and I said earlier with DY that, okay, there's not really a hurry to fill up this roster, you know, because the NBA has already made its invites for the Combine. The G League has made its invites. And even those that did get invites to those events could still drop out and return to college. Well, you know, that door closes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I shouldn't say tomorrow. I think it's still up and actually for a little while. I, I'm sorry. I got my dates mixed up. Transfer portal. Uh, though we'll oh, uh, we'll close tomorrow, so they could still stay in the process. Of course, past tomorrow, but if they want to jump into the like get back to college and jump into the portal, they got to do it, and they got to do it soon. So there might be a big number of recruits, uh, potential recruits, jumping in the portal here very soon, and you know K State could go find some guys there. I think that's definitely part of the goal heading into this. Re- the rest of this recruiting class is still need uh, three guys, but. Uh, They're going to want it done by August because they're going to make a trip to the Middle East and they're going to go play some exhibition games. They can do it once every four years. Um, A program can go overseas Mm -hmm. and play exhibitions against teams in like, I think they're like Israel will be one Mm -hmm. of the places they go to. They'll go to a number of countries, but that's a, a very awesome opportunity. And especially, I like the opportunity because. You know, you're going to have a very different team from last year. Right. And also, you're going to have a lot of different guys that are going to be considered. I mean, there's going to be a couple that are going to be starters. And you're going to have guys off the bench and also incoming freshmen. And this is, you know, you were talking about three freshmen that'll be coming in, four star guys. You're going to have a really good mix of guys. And this is, we've heard it like put this way many times. This is a great bonding opportunity. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but they get to play each other against true competition. Before the season actually starts, and before any like you know exhibition at a neutral site is played against another program. No, these are always trips that programs like to take, 
And I'm intrigued in the fact that this one is to the Middle East. It's been a long time since I've heard of a Big 12 team going specifically to the Middle East for the trip. Usually you're talking about a trip that is Italy, Germany, England, uh, or to the islands south of us. Sure. Um, you know, I'm thinking back to, you know, teams that make the trip to St. Thomas and the like there at, as a summer trip as opposed to going to the Middle East. That's a different, different approach. And I think in the grand scheme of things, it's going to be outstanding for this team just in general to have the overseas trip, but to have it be to the Middle East is is very and very intriguing. It's notable, definitely. Did you uh, did you ever take one of these trips? Did Northern Colorado do anything? Northern fun Colorado like that? did. I didn't get to go on the trip. Well, I guess you wouldn't broadcast them, but that would be sick. Oh yeah, I remember like K State soccer was talking about in a couple of years, and this was like. Like when they said when they brought it up, it was like a couple of years down the road. So this would have been like twenty twenty, mm-hmm. maybe nineteen or twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're talking about going to Italy, and there's one other country I can't remember, but Italy was one of them. And they're like, "Hey, we're all." It was like brought up with like it was phrased like, "Hey, we're all going to we're going to get an opportunity to go play in Europe and take one of those yeah. international trips to play some exhibitions." I was like, "Oh, fantastic! That'd be awesome!" Like, well, we don't necessarily need. A radio guy. Right, right. I was like, but your budget could probably afford me to go. (laughs) I've never been. The only time that I know that uh, one of the radio guys has gone on that, uh, uh, well, I know that Brian Haney went on a trip for KU here recently. I know that that they did do that. Uh, But my buddy at Northern Arizona got to go to Canada with them one year. But that was about it. I mean, most times, no, the radio guys aren't going on those trips. According to Kellis's article, trips include stops in Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, and Abu Dhabi. That would be awesome. That would, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be just probably hotter than hell because, it, you know, it's in the middle of the summer. and <laughs> Crank up I, the AC. You know, I'm sure it's hot there always, but oh, yeah. that'd be, gosh, that'd be such a cool trip. So, uh Boy, how do I sneak my way onto this? Yeah, trip? right. Mm-hmm. Do they need a PA announcer? Do they need an English <laughs> PA announcer? If they do, I will do it for free. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish up the hour with the Kansas City Chiefs. Even though the schedule comes out tomorrow, they've put out a couple of teasers. Two games announced for next year. Next. <laughs> We finish up hour one of the game. Mitch, Troy, and Trey. 785-537-1350 is the phone number if you have anything to say. Still to come in hour number two, we'll hear from Roberto Pena, K-State first baseman, plus more on Bob Huggins. Kansas City Chiefs uh, schedule for 2023 will be announced tomorrow at 7 o'clock. So we'll have another show before it's announced. But uh, Kansas City putting out a couple of teasers about exactly – who they will be playing. We already know who they're playing and the location pretty much because of home and away. That's already predetermined before the schedule comes out. But we do have a date and time. And, dis- 
and look, sorry about that, location, one of them overseas for two games. And disappointment for Mitch as it yeah. was exactly the opponent he did not want to see in Germany. Yeah, so the the Munich or I'm sorry, Frankfurt Germany game will be the Miami Dolphins. In that game, they don't have a date. Or they do have a date. I'm sorry. It's in November. November 5th, 2023. That's week nine. It is That's technically a home game, but in Kansas City, we'll still have eight home games. They have an extra one this year. Um, and they'll be playing the Miami Dolphins because we all know by week nine, Tua's going to have a broken pinky toe, <laughs> and Teddy Bridgewater is going to have you know a staph infection or something. So... That means Skylar Thompson will be in the game. He'll be starting games by week nine. And I think that, you know, it's a great opportunity for Skylar to go play football in Germany. That's awesome. But man, this game should be played at Arrowhead Stadium. I would totally go to that. I mean, you're talking about Skylar Thompson quarterback, and guess who's trying to sack him? Felix and UDK Uzama. Of course, I would be there for that. That'd be incredible. Uh, you're forgetting one other thing. What's that? The return of Tyreek Hill should be at Arrowhead. Oh, yeah. That guy. I don't know. I don't think Kansas City misses him that much, to be honest with you. By the way, the other game, Kansas City will host the Cincinnati Bengals at 325 on New Year's Eve. That is a really cool schedule uh, date for Kansas City because that's going to be a big game. New Year's Eve, the place packed, and the game will be done just in time for everybody to get ready to go out and have a good time in Kansas City. All right, hour two, including a uh, nice schedule or a nice uh, show announcement, is coming up next. And so is your local news.